Welcome to Pure Awesome Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we're on episode 166. Yeah, 166, and it is a theme episode, which is super exciting because it's our chance to kind of pick a certain topic or an idea and kind of dive into it. And I think the one we're talking about today, from what I gather here looking at it, looks like it's going to be good to talk about. Uh, I hope so. Yeah, but just to be honest, those of you who listen to Pure Awesome Podcast uh, frequently already know this because you've heard me say it before, but if you're new, a lot of times we sit down to record and Orlando is kind of organized what we're going to talk about and done some research and I'm just kind of the sounding board. And so we sit down, I'm like, all right, what are we talking about? And so um, just looking at this, it says being positive leads to profits. Um, This sounds like a good thing for us to talk about, right? It's just basically like if you think about stuff, like it'll happen. Wait a minute. So we already... I was going to say like, <laughs> no, 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 that's not what this podcast is about. Yeah. And again, that, that sounds a little bit like, you know, like, well, you know. if you think, I mean, you know, people have their own perspective on things that just for us, like we read, what was it? Napoleon Hill's thinking girl. Rich. Right. And, uh, we, we just didn't buy it. Right. Right. And so this is more of, Hey, if you stay positive, right. Profits can continue, but there, there's, there's a lot tied to that. So do you want me to explain? Yeah, because I just think it's good to kind of have a tagline because I'm kind of looking at this and I'm like, all right, this looks like maybe a good thing to talk about, but I kind of want to think about like, okay, how do we condense this down into like a phrase or an idea that that, that makes sense? Like, what are we trying to convince people? Oh man, this is getting and, intense. And I think that like, you know, right now, it seems like we're in a pretty good time for resellers overall, right? Yeah, I mean, this is probably the best it's ever been, ever. And again, overwhelmingly for resellers, I know there's some individuals that weren't able right to pivot and that's one of the things we talked about in our previous podcast right reselling in a crisis the idea that if you're able to pivot like there is so much opportunity and we know that there's different circumstances there's family we're obviously dealing with the pandemic so you may have somebody in your family that got sick during this time or there might be other financial things you had to attend to but what we do know is that this period of time i would say is is unheard of. Like we haven't had this great of a time as resellers in and the whole decade that I've been reselling, it's never been like this ever. Yeah, at least at least for um us and then for a lot of the people in the community that we have we we're talking to, it just seems like the overall pulse is that many resellers are doing really well right now. And again, like we said, um if you're not, that doesn't mean necessarily even that it's your fault that you didn't pivot. I mean, everybody's in different circumstances and have different situations. Uh but one of the things to think about is um, and what I hope we're going to kind of talk about in this is in life, you kind of have the mountains and the valleys, right? Like times are really good, times are really bad. And oftentimes it's easy to, um, I mean, people fall into different ditches. Like sometimes people are really, really positive when things are good and then things get bad and they just immediately go negative. Or even when things are good, sometimes people start to get negative, like, oh no, things are going to get bad. And so I think kind of the better way and hopefully kind of what we're, we're addressing here is how do we, how do we maintain like a balance in, in a sense of that we we stay logical and motivated and inspired and positive whether times are good or bad so that your emotions aren't you know swinging all over the place but that you have a good plan and that your your feelings about your business can kind of stay consistent whether things are good or bad right no that's exactly it and the reason i i was thinking about this episode was there was a day during the period of july 4th right we're kind of recording this a little early right cuz yeah, right yeah. now you're. This is actually being pre-recorded. Yeah, like, so so we were we're recording a little bit early because uh, I'm going to be gone for two weeks, and we may have. I think we have. Uh, we're going to record one on the road uh, where we'll kind of do like a Zoom meeting, me and you, and we'll see how that goes. Um, but uh, yeah, so right now, if you haven't checked out our YouTube, I'm assuming uh, I'm kind of I'm hoping 
my plan, I'm like, nine, I mean, I'm 100% planning on doing this unless something crazy happens. Um, my plan though is during the trip to make multiple videos, how the haul is going. So I'm doing what I'm calling the, the road thrift trip. So I'm going to several states and we're, we're pulling a trailer and we're just going to stop at lots of thrift stores, fill up and then stop at some fun places, visit some family, go on kind of vacation. We're going to go to Great Wolf Lodge, which is like an indoor water park. And we're going to do a lot of fun things, but try and make it pay for itself plus some. Uh, by our thrifting. So make sure to check out our YouTube. There should be videos there. And if they're not, man, I'm going to look foolish right now. Well, here it is. It's already, <laughs> it's out there. It's out All there. right. So going back to what I was saying before, all that, and I'm looking forward to the videos, that, you know, because to me, it's always exciting being on the road. Mm. So it's going to be awesome to, you know, share your journey with you. Now, what I was referring to was there's a point in time in this last week where like sales were like bad, mm. like literally there was nothing for like an entire day except for one sale for like $35. And there was this three week time. I remember during the pandemic where like absolutely anything you listed would sell. Like it, it didn't matter. Not telling you saying it would sell right away. So like you could like put up like some pocket lint and it would sell. <laughs> no, I'm not. Well, what? Okay. I'm embellishing a little <laughs> bit, but I'm trying to bring across the point that as long as you were listening, as long as you had items in your store that people wanted, which I know that sounds like common sense, but people were going to buy, but they were going to buy on a bigger scale, right? So there were, I remember three weeks in a row, and it's still like that. I was making two trips to the post office every day. Mm. I wake up in the morning, it'd be a bunch of packages. Afternoon, it wouldn't be as much as in the morning, but it'd be a few more, right? And now, you know, things have slowed down. Like today, I only took one package in the afternoon. I had a bunch in the morning. And then in the afternoon, I only dropped off one package. But I know that this euphoric feeling that we're all having, those of us that have been like just killing it with on reselling cloud nine, yeah. on cloud nine, like this may come to an end. Yeah. We may go back to normal. Yeah. Either go back to normal or or things could go down, right? And that's what I was saying with like peaks and valleys, right? I don't like even things, want to talk about going down. Well, and that's that's the hard part is, I mean... One of the things that's kind of going for resellers in the, in our current climate is more and more people are, are shifting to online. Now, there already is, especially in the younger generations, more and more purchases happening online every day. Um, and then this kind of, I think, accelerated that and then also introduced more people who maybe weren't super familiar with or comfortable with ordering online have now started doing that because of the pandemic and lockdown. It's just been easier to buy things uh, online rather than you know, trying to deal with going out to the store. Maybe you can't even get to certain stores. So one of the fears that, that people could have is like, okay, what's going to happen when this is over? Are, are, are all the new converts to online shopping going to stay online or a lot of them going to drop off? Or what if we go into like a serious recession? How is that going to impact? And so you can start to get those kind of doom and glooms, even when you're in the high and the peak, uh, as opposed to kind of prepping for it, but kind of realizing that that's just the cycle of, of, business. Yeah. And so and we have a lot of new resellers that have jumped on to the podcast. And I know a lot of you have ex been experiencing, again, the greatest reselling experience. And so you don't know when it's bad. like, And that's kind of nice. Like ignorance is bliss, but there may be a time. So I thought we'd break this down and discuss about how do you stay positive so you continue those profits, right? So one is we're going to talk about understanding platforms Two, understanding that things eventually bounce back. And three, just about staying positive. Like, how do you do that, right? Because of all the communities, I would say the reselling community is one of those communities being that I've been in it for a while. Uh, not necessarily through pre-rehearsal podcast, but I've just been part of the community and been reselling for a few years. Like, 
Then you can get really negative, mm. really negative. I mean, you just look at the forums and you look at, you know, just just comments on, on social media. Sometimes you're like, what is going on? Like, why are people so upset? So the very first thing I want to talk about is understanding platforms. Mm-hmm. That's that's important. <laughs> yeah. right? No, but what I mean is I really believe a lot of the reason there's a ton of resellers that are disgruntled is because they believe things to be a certain way. And then when they started selling that platform, it wasn't that way. Mm. Right. And so they had these expectations, right. And whenever you have high expectations and you jump into anything and the expectations are lower than you thought, usually, you know, that's misery. Yeah. Right. I, Depending I, on how bad the, the, you know, separation is between the two. Yeah. And I think that's a good point. Cause um, even going back to, you know, our last level up review where we were doing, uh, rich dad, poor dad, and that has motivated us. I know a lot of people, a lot of our listeners, to you know try looking into real estate or stock market or or some of our past interviews we've done with people. And it's like, yeah, maybe I really want to do a pallet or I want to do auctions. And a lot of times people will jump right into something. And the better advice that you can get, and and I think what a lot of people fail at is, especially I'll just use something like stocks as an example. I did forex trading for a while, and I kind of just really? treated it like like fun gambling, but like, I, you know, I, I didn't lose money, but like it was kind of like just to play around. And um, one of the things that you can do with a lot of those platforms is you can spend hours and hours researching, watching YouTube videos, reading books, just really, really researching. And then most platforms actually offer like trial, um, like dummy accounts that give you fake money to play oh, with yeah. on the real market. Right. And you can watch other people for a while. Then you do that. And, and the, a lot of advisors that I see for things like that recommend play with pretend money for a long time until you really understand what's going on. And I think that's good advice even for not just reselling, but when it comes to like trying a new platform. And I'm not saying like just create a fake account or something like that, but do your research, really know what you're getting into ahead of time uh, because your potential for mistakes goes down when you do your research. Like even just think a week of prepping, like what are their policies? What are people doing? Watch YouTube videos, um, really figure it out. How does listing work? Is it going to be easy? Is it going to take time? What are the what's the fee structure look like? Understanding those things ahead of time um, and then maybe just listing a couple of items so you're not going all in really deep right away um, can help you figure out, is this what you want to do? And you can pro- progress from there as opposed to just jumping in and making some mistakes and it being devastating for your business. Well, yeah. I mean, one of the reasons that a lot of sellers get negative is because of returns. Mm. Right. And, you know, you know, eBay, the other thing I also hear is about fees, right? It's fee bay. And, and, you know, there's this whole thing about like eBay is just always going after sellers and eBay. The only reason they're in business is because of promoted listings. Now, some of that's true, right? eBay, eBay had great returns last year, not necessarily because of all the gross merchandise that I was selling. It's because of the promoted listings that were being paid for by sellers, right? And now things have shifted, but that doesn't mean that, you know, as eBay, for example, I'll give you right now, it's July. My hope is that these 50,000 free listings that they offered individuals that had, you know, eBay stores that were premium higher, that they'll keep that. Right, that we'll be able to not have to pay insertion fees. But man, if the eBay doesn't do that, there's going to be, I think there's going to be a lot of upset people. Yeah, that's one of the things too. Um, and, and this is kind of connected, but kind of not, but it goes to the idea of, of just being positive about something and I'll, I'll connect it to something even in our economy right now. Um, with the halt or the pause that has happened for student loan payments, 
a lot of people are excited about that. They can kind of defer without any penalty or they can continue to make payments and it's interest free. So they're paying off their, their principal much quicker and they see things like that. And it's really difficult to take back a gift once you give it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the 50,000 listings or different things like that is a good example. And oftentimes you get a gift. Here's something we're going to do temporarily for the next two months, the next three months. And then, all right, we've come to the end. We're taking this away. And a lot of times that becomes the new norm. And when you take it away, people can react almost more negatively than if they, if you just never offered it in the first place. Right. So it's, it's important, I guess, to think that things can happen. Problems can happen or a gift that's been given to you can be taken away. And knowing that can help you stay positive when it happens. And if it doesn't happen, if they keep it, then you can be even more positive. So it's, you're a, not, it's a mindset thing. Right. Right. I mean, that that's what I'm 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 aiming towards here. I mean, you you were very eloquent about it, so thank you. But but that's the thing, right? Because it's been nice. I mean, I will tell you, not having to pay several hundred dollars a month, right? And not having to jump to the anchor store. Right, which will probably cost me, I think, two hundred more bucks to jump on there. But it's been nice. It's been nice because you know that leap is it's gonna hurt. Like if I have to go anchor store, right? Because I've listed a ton of stuff. I take advantage of it, and I know a lot of people are always like, "Well, you know, if they take away those free listings, you're gonna be stuck with all those fees." But yeah, but you gotta look at the positive side. Like you grew your store, right? And even though. You didn't know it, right? Some people didn't know that eBay was going to extend it till July. They thought it was just going to go all the way through May, right? And some people took advantage of it and they're like, no, I'm going to keep building. And it was a bonus when eBay... And and it, even for some people, they cringe when they hear me saying that eBay gave us a bonus, right? Because like, we deserve this, right? eBay should be paying us because we're providing them profits. But reality is it's their sandbox. Like they make that call. They make that choice. Now... I, I did get a very encouraging note. I've shared this in the other podcast the update episode that they they replied to me when I asked them on the seller event and they said, you never know. Stay tuned. So I'm hoping that's in the positive. Route. But if it's not, it's OK. Now, the other side is so a lot of you are new to Amazon and you've been killing it on Amazon. Like Merchant Fulfilled has been outrageous even till now. It's been outrageous. And hopefully I'm on the other side of a major score these last weeks, but we'll see. We'll share that in the upcoming podcast. But the thing is, understanding that you need to read Amazon's terms of service, right? Understanding that on eBay, like you can get away with selling something new in box and it's okay if like a corner is dented or some of the shrink wraps off. But if you do that on Amazon and Amazon catches it, they can suspend your account and they'll keep your hundreds of thousands of dollars, they'll keep all your inventory. And guess what? They may not even contact you back. Like you may try to get a hold of them. You want your account free and you're going to be in a miserable spot. And there's a lot of resellers that during this pandemic did really well. Right. And then Amazon said, you know, we're not going to allow people to sell this and this and this. And then accounts got shut down and it can get really negative. And I understand the negative. I mean, I've been at risk of having my account suspended. It hasn't happened. But the reason I was able to, you know, not worry about it was like, hey, I already knew what Amazon was going to do to me. Like, it's kind of like, you know, and it's funny because you get after me sometimes. You're like, Mike, what? you always tell me like, Orlando, like, why do you sell on Amazon if you know this about Amazon? 
Yeah. Well, and it's not even so much that that you know it, so don't sell on it. I think it's more of an issue that does the risk or does the reward outweigh the risk? Mm -hmm. If the reward outweighs the risk or the negatives, then when those negatives come, you kind of can't complain. You know, you're taking a, a, a gamble, as it were, and you're looking at the odds and you're saying, my profit margins, the amount of net profit I'm going to be able to make month over month and the, the 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 amount that I can scale on Amazon as opposed to on eBay is significant. And so if this only lasts six months and then it ends because of new restrictions they put or I'm blocked or gated on there on a certain category, instead of complaining, it's, wow, that was a really good run and I know those risks going in and I was able to profit for as long as I did. So going in, realizing that there are a lot more risks, but the reward is a lot higher on Amazon potentially. So you almost can't be upset when the risky things come to fruition because the rewards were there. Now, if there was no risk, the rewards probably wouldn't be as high. Yeah, agreed. And, and you know, like if you're on Amazon, understanding that there is a probability that 10 to 30 percent of the items you sell will be returned. Like if you go in with that mindset, understanding that you'll be a lot more positive when those returns come in, because you're going to understand it's just the cost of business. Like this is the way Amazon functions. That's the way it works. Where on eBay, it's about three to 5%. Generally, I mean, I don't think, have you hit above 5% on returns? No, returns on eBay are, are relatively low. And that's one of the reasons, one of the reasons I enjoy it, plus the type of items I sell. So yeah, I mean, you go into Amazon recognizing that these are the cons. You, you got to do a cost benefit analysis. And yeah, the the returns are going to be a lot higher. The margins might be a lot lower, but you can sell the the velocity that you can sell through the the way you can scale. You can buy hundred items of the same thing, get it sent in. It's not taking up any space. Those sell in a couple of weeks. Maybe you're only making five dollars off each item, but you're not worrying about the shipping on it. And so you don't have that kind of velocity on eBay. But then you also don't have as much of the other risks and problems that come. So both have their their negatives and positives and, and you just kind of can't compare the two together. Agreed. And, and the other thing I want to share before we move on from this is a lot of the damage we do as resellers is self-inflicted, right? We we try to test it, right? So, you know, I remember one time you sourced a CPAP machine, right? And you didn't know, right? Do you still have that machine? I do. Okay. We can, we, 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 can, we talk about flipping that. We can flip it still. I might not, do it local. That's what I mean. But not not on eBay, right? But, you know, some people will look at that and they're like, oh, I already spent $10 at this garage sale. I'm going to put on eBay. Other listings have made it. And eBay doesn't catch everything. But here's the thing. If they catch you, it's not like you can. It's not like, you know, when you get pulled over, you can't tell the officer. By the way, I got out of my speeding ticket. Did I tell you about that one back in October? Nice. Yeah. So that was kind of nice. Did you cry? No, no. I just, no, I did a, a trial by declaration and I just said, I was unaware of the speed that I was driving, which is true. And I'm not sure he was aware of the speed I was driving. I plead not guilty. And it worked. Yeah. If they, 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 if you go to trial and they don't have you like on a clock radar, you can definitely get out of that. No, that's what it was. Like, I think it's something that the officers did not have training in a certain whatever. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's it's nice. It's nice when that works. Um, and it's okay. terrible when it doesn't. I don't know why I went in that time. I'm just, I was happy about it. It was nice. So that's going to get rolled over into inventory or some stock or something. Because it was a decent ticket. (laughs) Now, going back to that, when you get pulled over by a highway patrol or a state patrol, wherever you're at in this country, the excuse of like, well, everybody else is speeding. 
doesn't work. Yeah, ignorance is not an excuse, and neither is the the logical fallacy of the majority, right? Like more, everyone's doing that. I'm going the flow of traffic. If you go to traffic school, or if you were if you took driver's ed, you learn right away that that doesn't work. You can't say I'm going the flow of traffic. And and I there's a, a thing inside of us that wants justice. Well, why didn't they get pulled over? Why didn't they get pulled over? And it's well, it doesn't matter. You did, and you broke the law. You are responsible for it. And the individual responsibility is an important thing to realize there. And you know, again, it stinks when it happens. When when you can look and say everybody else. And I even think about that sometimes. Like there was one time, and I fought it, and I fought it, and I, the judge was wrong. Like I really think that. It was, I don't want to say a corrupt judge, but I just think he was mistaken because I took it to several officers afterwards, police officers that I knew, and we went over the penal codes and it was it was a, a texting ticket and I wasn't texting. This is back when the texting law first happened in California. Oh, you got one of those? Yeah. Oh, and wow. I wasn't texting. I was using an iPod and I was changing music. And the texting law, the way it was written at the time, and it's been changed now, but the way it was written at the time, at least in, in the county that I was in, or maybe it was statewide, was that there had to be a trans a transmission of communication from one party to another in order for it to be a violation. And the officer even said that it was it was music changing on a on the phone or iPod or whatever it was. And but the judge just refused. And so I, I didn't get off on that. But then I, I had to take that all that anger of like that was unjust. I got that ticket and I didn't deserve it at the time. I didn't break the law as it was written. But I think how many times have I texted while I was driving and I haven't gotten a ticket? So even then, you can kind of say like, okay, maybe you get away with it sometimes, but when you get busted, instead of being upset that you got busted, you can say, you know what? I've gotten away with this for a while. And again, it comes down to mindset, even what we're talking about right now, right? That idea of- That's a super healthy perspective. I can't say I had that perspective when I got pulled over. No, but I mean, it, but that that should be, I'm not saying that that has to be the way you think, yeah. but if you think that way, you're going to have a lot less- frustration and anger that was unjust okay maybe that incident was unjust but it was also unjust that you got away with things other times right so you, you kind of have to look at both sides of the spectrum and that allows you i'm really against big emotional swings like one thing that's really interesting i have a two-year-old two-year-olds are incredible amazing creatures um <laughs> monsters maybe i don't know whatever you want to say um, they, it's they can go from the happiest a human being can possibly be. I'm just, just the amount of joy that I, I don't even know if I've ever experienced other than when I was two to the most devastated and upset and frustrated that a human being can possibly be in the matter of seconds, right? Like the swings, yep. the emotional swings, cause they, their brain hasn't fully developed. They haven't developed the self-control and all of those. And so, uh, I've heard one psychologist basically say the job of a parent is to teach their kids are to make their kids not have too much fun or to be too, it's like to bring them to the middle, right? Too much happiness. This is unrealistic. You're doing things that are going to hurt you, bring you to the middle. Oh, you're too. And I think that balance kind of that middle is a good place to be. So it's good to be positive, but it, especially when sales are good and things are really good. However, it's unhealthy to be, um, I guess, foolishly optimistic instead of saying, this is really great. I should be using some of this to prep for maybe port times that are going to come. They're going to be not as good. And I need to use this opportunity to build my inventory instead. Just like, man, the champagne in the water fountains, I can just live the rest of my life like this. And then problems happen and you weren't prepared for it. Right. So being in the middle and not being too, too happy and excited or being too, too devastated and just kind of saying, I'm going to stay positive right where it should be. Not not uh, manic, but also not depressed, right? You want to be right in the middle.
We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Hey, everyone. Ever found yourself too busy to list or wanting to scale and not knowing how? Well, we've partnered with a great service called Sellhound. They will help you do much of the heavy lifting and can benefit your business in many ways. Sign up for listing services with Sellhound and receive 25% off your first purchase or 25% off your first month of a Sellhound monthly subscription. You can do this by using our promo code, all in caps, PureHustle25. That's the numbers, 25. By the way, everyone gets three free listings to try out before any purchases. Just go to Sellhound.com and subscribe using our promo code, purehustle 25. So Orlando and I are always looking out for tools and programs that can be used in our own reselling to help improve our sales uh, and things that we can share with the community in order to help others. Uh, And we've been lucky enough to partner with two companies here at the same time uh, that we think do just that. So it's kind of interesting because both of these companies are competition. So, uh, you know, but this is a good thing that we're advertising both, I feel, because we are really, really big on letting you make decisions and not saying like, this is the way you should do things because you know, you know, what's best for your model of selling and what you need to be doing. Uh, So we've been able to partner with list perfectly and Vindu. And both of these are programs that can be used to cross list postings on multiple platforms. This is great because we always talk about the importance of being on multiple platforms and not putting all of your eggs into one basket. But one of the barriers to that is the time issue. And the nice thing with List Perfectly and Vindu is it allows you to make one listing that then gets cross-posted to multiple platforms. So you're not having to post things multiple places and spend that time. And in this case, that time saved is money you're making. So both of these companies have a special offer for our listeners if you were to sign up. Um, you need to sign up using the affiliate links that we have in our descriptions or show descriptions in order to get the uh, promotional codes. Uh, so first of all is List Perfectly. They're giving 30% off your first month, which is amazing. And they've got some incredible things that they they offer. So uh, for instance, your postings go to eBay, they go to Mercari, Depop, Grail, Etsy, Poshmark. There's just so many. You got to check it out. There's almost too many to list here. Um, and so if you sign up, you get 30% off, but you have to use our... our link and then use the code LP30. And then the other one is Vindu. Vindu is very similar. Uh, You're going to get 25% off your first month if you use our affiliate link. You don't have to use a promo code. Just click on the link in the description. Uh, And your your listings are going to go to eBay. They're going to go to Etsy. They're going to go to Poshmark. They're going to go to Mercari. So this is just a great opportunity for you to save some time, get on multiple platforms, and maybe make some more money. And that's great because that actually leads to our next point. But before we move on to that point, I just want to make sure you guys understand, like, no no basic things. Like, I get a question all the time, like, hey, I see people using stock photos all the time on on Poshmark and on eBay. And my my thought is always, hey, their policies say you shouldn't use them, right? So you can go with it, but understand, like, if you get shut down, like, that's on you, right? And so having that perspective is key. Now, leading to your next one is having a solid understanding of how things are and how things may be, right? The understanding that things can always go up. And and that's the hardest part as a reseller because there are dips. It does go up and down, right? It doesn't have to be necessarily summer slowdown. It could be in the fall. It could be, you know, if you're on eBay, I'll never forget that one eBay where I was kind of new to reselling. I kept hearing about Q4 and I'm like, oh, I can't wait for the sales. And yeah, no, because... The stuff, the secondary stuff I was selling, like no one really wanted for Christmas. Now, some of that has changed. I will say in the last two years, eBay sales have 
upticked during Q4 because, you know, thrifting and sustainability, like it's it's trending. Like it's a thing now. So more people are willing to buy and use items as gifts for other individuals. But always understand, like if you did the research and you put in the work, like there's always going to be buyers. If, if you keep that mindset, because especially when things are slow, right? What, what do you usually do when things are slow? Uh, so I've always kind of said that you have, there's like three or four, maybe I need to actually like write it out and have it, have it in a, in a more articulate fashion. But as a reseller, you have times of sourcing, times of listing, times of, of, of like shipping or like organization, book that's dropping. <laughs> yeah. organization, storage, bookkeeping. So you've got like three things that you can be doing. And if you can be sourcing, you should be sourcing and, or not always, but you should have time for that. But let's say you can't source. Well, then you shift to one of those other things. You spend some time going through your inventory or listing things that may be in your inventory reserves or your death piles. So you just have to change your mindset of what you're doing. So there are going to be times where maybe certain sales aren't coming in. So if those sales aren't coming in, then you pivot maybe to a new niche or you... Um, you change the way you're sourcing. There's a lot of different things you can do. And if none of those things work, is there something else you can be doing in your business? Maybe sales are slow for a week or two. This might be a really good time to do that tax preparation stuff that you don't want to be doing when sourcing is really good, but you're stuck, you know, going, doing taxes. So there's always something you can be doing, but a big important part is pivoting when those times come. Yeah. And, and my experience has been when things are slow, like you can get really down. Now you can choose to just sit around and just wallow in that, or you can choose to take action. Like you said, do, go sourcing, do listening. And my experience has been, I'll never forget the summer two years ago. I think before we did the podcast, things were just slow. Like nothing was happening. And I just decided like, I'm just going to keep sourcing. And I'm going to keep listening. I'm going to keep sourcing. And I'm going to keep listening. And I did that through all of July and nothing changed. <laughs> it was still slow. But when August hit and September really hit, I was so grateful that I didn't just sit around and kind of just said, oh, well, that's it. Like, I guess things are going to be slow like this forever because things rebounded. And I, I think I particularly that summer, I probably listed like 500 items and I sold through 250 plus of those items. I remember in September, So things just flew. Right. And so part of it was having that understanding that, hey, economies rebound. There are going to be slow seasons. And even right now, things are so tentative right now. Like a month ago, we were reopening California. Uh, then a week ago, we were locking down. And then today, or not today, but last week, it was kind of like we're kind of opening and locking down. And then I don't know where we're at. By the time this podcast drops, who knows, right? So it, it's having an understanding that kind of similar to the pandemic where, you know, it's just based on how things go. It's going to be the same thing in, in reselling where you're going to have times where you're just going to list, 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 and you're going to feel like nothing's going to happen, but it will. It will. If you did your research and it's an item that people want and it's had a track record of selling, it's going to sell, but maybe not at that time. Nice. I just thought of an acronym right now, uh, going back to what we were talking about. And maybe this is, this is really rough cut. So maybe I change it is later. Is this for a shirt? Uh, like, but maybe, maybe it is a shirt. Maybe it's just something, a motto to keep in mind. Maybe this is trash and we'll just throw it away later. But slog. S-L-O-G, slog. Okay. Okay, check it out. I mean, because, I mean, maybe. So goals backwards? Is it goals? 
Yeah. I no, mean, there's missing an A. Maybe I got to find yeah, a way to get an A. Yeah, but goals like in Spanish, like goals. Oh, okay. Like scoring. Oh, is it? Yeah. Is like that in how you soccer, spell it? Yeah, score a goal. If you have multiple goals, it's goals. G-O-L-S? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. So uh, maybe I do it that way. Uh, so source, right? As a, as a reseller, you do a lot of sourcing list, right? And that goes with pictures. And I'd even say maybe shipping. Organize, right? And that's doing things like your taxes, your inventory system, and then grow, which is maybe if you don't have anything to do in that category, learn a new niche, spend some time studying, spend some time doing market research, right? So slog, source, list, organize, grow. And here's the thing, this podcast, you might listen to it, you might listen to it now, but maybe there's something you're going to need to listen to two months from now, right? So Always remember episode 166 when things are down. And hopefully yeah. this will help you out. When when you need to slog your way through it. <laughs> there you go. Because it's true. It's true. Now, the other thing is that you can do is you can just pivot, right? Take that time of self-reflection. They take that downtime and go, okay, is my inventory really worth it? Is my inventory on Amazon? Am I still counting on the same things I've always sold on eBay? Has the market shifted? Are my price? I mean, we'll talk about this later on, but... Is there the possibility that maybe things have slowed down to give you the opportunity to change what you're doing, right? And and we talked about that in, in that reselling is a during a crisis podcast that a lot of people took advantage of that time. I took advantage of that time. I have not sent in an FBA box since February, and we're in July. And <laughs> if things keep going. I made track just the same doing MF as I was doing FBA the last two years and even better. So who knows, right? So always be willing to understand there's a reason maybe there's that slow time. And I don't know, you know, what is guiding why things are slow, but if it's available to you, use that opportunity to pivot, to stay positive, which will lead to more profits. Yeah. And again, just uh, uh, to recap the kind of the idea of this, it's sometimes it's hard for people to think of, well, yeah, staying positive when things are going great is easy. But this is this is really about developing a mindset that you can maintain when things are great and then as things get to normal and if things dip below normal, right? And so these these ideas of having the right mindset will get you through the highs and the lows. So make sure that, yeah, you, you're willing to pivot. You're willing to learn. You're willing to grow. You're willing to do those things so that when good times are around, you're not... You're not um, you're not slipping backwards, right? I've said before, as like a quote of the week, you can never really stagnate. You can never stay the same. You're either growing or you're diminishing as a, as a human being, as a person, as a, a business. There's really, it's really hard actually to maintain. Like if you think about it, maintaining exactly where you're at takes a lot of work. Usually just a little bit of work and you can be growing or no work at all and you're usually losing, right? There's there's not really an in-between it goes with diet, goes with everything. It's really hard to say exactly where you're at. You're either going up or you're going down. And a lot of people do little up, little down, little up, little down. And that's why they kind of feel like they're staying the same. But don't let good times be a time where you actually start to go down, where your inventory gets less because things are selling. Find a way to, to source more. Find a way to grow in ways that you can capitalize on that. So when times get bad, you're not really far behind because you were relying on those good times. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Hey, it's time to talk about some social media before yeah. we keep moving, right? And hopefully we're just keeping it positive on social media. Yeah. I've always wondered though, like, what if we were like a negative like social media channel? I mean, people love negative. Maybe we have like a like an alt account, like a <laughs> pure hustle, pure hustle podcast. 
angry edition and like we just complain about everything i mean because you know there's there's a definitely a market for that people I, no, like no, to no, be no, upset no, together the only reason to bring that up is the other day my son made a youtube video and it was like a rant and i was just like son like you don't have to rant like you can keep positive but like i gotta get this out and but it was hard to tell him that he's not going to get views because you do get views for rants, right? So anyways, why did I go there? All right. Hey, by the way, if you haven't been following us on social media, we are Pierce of Podcast on TikTok. 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 TikTok on TikTok. Man, that, that was a boomer move. All right. So on TikTok. Okay. Um, Pierce of Podcast. I can't even get my... On TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. And we are Pure Hustle Cast on Twitter. You can also call us if you want. Thank you, all of you that called us for our QA episode. We had a great time. Always feel free. And, you know, as you heard our apology on that episode, we will make sure to be better about replying to your voicemails. Because uh, that was pretty sad. So you can always give us a call, 619 738 1170. That's 619 738 1170. Or shoot us an email at Pierce at gmail.com. That's Pierce at gmail.com. And as always, we are grateful for the reviews. They've been awesome. We've already capped 300. Our goal now is to go to 500 because it just helps us bring bring us higher on the algorithm. So thank you so much. And if you want to watch the podcast, not the, yeah, you want to watch the podcast, but you want to more importantly watch Mike and his journeys. Best way to do that is to subscribe to us on YouTube and hit that bell notification so you Bing. know when a video drops. Yeah, so hit that bell notification. And honestly, the 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 iTunes reviews, I almost feel like we should just start our episode with go to iTunes and leave us a review because, uh, you know, it's that important. It really, really helps us a ton. My goal is that when I type a P, that our podcast comes up, right? Because right now it's like if I go to... If I go to P-U-R-E space H, it comes up. Mm. Where before I had to get all the way Pierce the Podcast and then it would show up. Right before the T in podcast, it might show up. I don't know if that's an algorithm thing. Is it an algorithm thing? It, it could be. Maybe you're just seeing it and other people aren't because your phone types it so much. Uh, uh, but, yeah, but who knows, right? Honestly, your reviews mean a ton. Not just because it helps us uh, get to more people. It helps us to, to reach a wider audience and tells people that what we're doing is actually valuable. But it really is motivation for Orlando. It's it's motivation for just me. for me. Just um, for me. It's motivation for me. <laughs> and th- that motivation is what keeps us going. It's what allows us to to do this podcast because it's not we don't do this for the money. We don't do this for the fame. We don't do this for anything. Like we do this because we love helping and I'm growing. Orlando's growing. We're growing through this podcast. We learn a ton. And the reception from the community has been so great. So when you give us like a feedback, even if, if if you leave us written feedback, we read them, we love them. Um, but if you don't have time for that and you just want to do stars, every time we see another review come in, it just, it's like, yes, like people care. And that means a bunch. So if you haven't had a chance, shoot over there and do that. That would be great. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it. And yeah, cool. All right. So it is time for. Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah. We have some really, I mean, we always have really good ones, but these are interesting. You know why? Why? Two are from email and one's from TikTok. Huh. No Instagram, no Twitter, no Facebook. So I'm looking forward to these. I like it. Um, and I, I'm reading these for the first time. So if I mess something up, uh, forgive me. Here we go. Uh, first one is from Warren uh, on email. Uh, eBay store is Rocky underscore mountain underscore treasure. 
Uh, so it was a listener who sent us uh, liquid gold about a month ago. So remember, we got that. Uh, I'm still using that. We got That's that awesome. hand sanitizer. Oh, no. It stays in my car every time I go in and out of a store. It's in your car, though. Don't, doesn't that start a fire? Like, if it gets too hot? I've heard people say that. I don't know. It's fine. I have no fire yet. If I have a fire, um, okay. I'm going to blame Warren. Whoa, <laughs> You're gonna, no, I'm right. just kidding. Um, okay. So he sent us liquid gold about a month ago. That was so thoughtful. Really appreciate it. Uh, thought he had a score to thrift store with a pair of fry boots for, for $3 and a few bags of non-expired ink for $2 back. Decided to walk over to the home improvement area and came across six boxes that looked new. It was some sort of vent cover for a building. After some research, realized they were smart flood vents to release water from a foundation during a flood. Uh, and they go for about $200 each. Verifies the verified that he verified the boxes were new and he took all six boxes home for $30. Listed them on eBay, went the next day to the thrift store and saw they had six more available. They just had them in the back there waiting for that, you know, stock to go, I guess. Uh, so six more. He took those home. Sent an uh, someone sent an offer for 150. He sent, or he sent an offer for 150. Buyer message that they wanted to buy six more for the same price. So he sold seven for a gross profit of $1,050, and he still has five left. That's an incredible score. And let me just say the reason why you should be following the the hustle of the week hashtag, if you're not doing it, is these are bolos, and sometimes 100%. it's a specific item bolo, and sometimes it's just the niche. Like, oh yeah. There is a ton of money in the, I don't, I don't want to just say home improvement, but like construction stuff. Like I've sold a lot of exit signs. I've sold a lot of like lighting that goes inside of buildings. Those things sell for, for good money. And a lot of times those things go to uh, hotels that are managed and owned by smaller companies. Maybe it's family owned little motel and they need to replace something and they go to eBay so they can get a, a discount. And if you've got good prices, I sold a lot of clean remotes, which are remotes that like hotels use. So definitely keep an eye out for that type of thing. Even if you're thinking who would buy these types of things, like this wouldn't go to an individual, it would go to a business. I promise you businesses use eBay because not all businesses are Walmart. They're not all huge Fortune 500 companies. A lot of times these are people who maybe are running an apartment complex or small family owned businesses and they're looking for a deal. And so if you can sell it on eBay for a deal, it, that is definitely a mark to be be looking out for. So Warren, thank you so much for sending in that hustle of the week. And thank you for the liquid gold. And man, that is an incredible deal. And it's so nice that it was one, because you probably saved a ton of money on shipping doing it that way, selling oh, all yeah. six of them at once. So that was that's an amazing deal. Keep at it. You are the man. All right. So next we have Sarah IG handle cast aside beauty. Now we met Sarah at eBay open. So it was awesome meeting you, Sarah. And she actually was hoping to come to our meetup that we had to cancel. So hopefully we'll catch her around at the meetup. And she's actually the one person in this entire planet to ever wear a Pearsall podcast shirt in the Caribbean. So nice. and it's on her Instagram. So, you know, props to you for, you know, <laughs> for all the people that saw you and wondered and checked out Pearsall podcast. Thank yeah. you, Sarah. So now this one, this is a, this is intense. So, she contacted us via SEMA, long-time listener of the podcast, and went to an unrepresented estate sale with, with a barn on property. So we don't have too many of those out here. We do have barns out here and there, don't we? Yeah, we do. Handful. Handful here. Okay, the barn was filled to the ceiling with cardboard boxes of stuff. Boxes belonged to grandparents whose grandkids were looking to offload a ton of items due to their hoarding tendencies. That's the best. Uh, well, it could be the best, unless it's junk. They said they were going to get a dumpster the next day and start tossing the boxes. Sarah volunteered to help them. Next day, she showed up to the dumpster and it was full. And there was an eight-foot bonfire burning several boxes. 
And the family was just planning of just tossing over whatever was left. Okay, now I don't think th- I think those boxes were empty, or maybe it was just a bonfire that was going. But then what ended up happen happening? The family just said, "Hey, you can go through all these boxes before we toss them in the fire, and you can keep it for free." So she went the first day planning to buy stuff. Went the second day out of her goodness of her heart to just help, and now she comes upon this possible deal. She was allowed to keep everything for free. Saw one of the boxes next to the fire. So ne- I'm just imagining this: like you see a box next to the fire, and then she looks inside. She spots four bomber jackets. All and also at the same time picked up seven totes worth of vintage dolls, such as a seal 1970 Mattel Wonder Woman Barbie doll worth around three hundred dollars. Like that's for, that right there in itself is a house of the week already. So. The jacket so far, the biggest score out of everything. There are vintage A2 leather bomber jackets worth possibly between $500 to $1,000, wow. and she's still researching. Wow. And those jackets are money. I've sold probably five to seven of those. Some I've sold for like, you know, it was a slow day, and I let it go for $150. i have sold some for three to $350. They are money. And, and these aren't even the original World War II ones. These are repops. But even the repops from like the 70s and the 80s, they are money. And the fact that you got those for free and plus you have everything else, that is a hustle. The yeah, it's hard to beat free. It's hard to be free. And the fact that you just <laughs> went to help and next thing you know, who knew you'd be getting paid, you know, one to $2,000 for just helping out. So thank you so much, Sarah. Cast aside beauty on Instagram. Hopefully we'll have a meetup soon so you can come down. Yeah. All right. Our next one comes from Brandon. This is our TikTok uh, listener. Uh, the handle. Whoa, it's not East County flips. Oh, that was. You left it on last I one. messed up, but we are going, we're going to give you the right name here. All right. Let me read it first and we'll give the name afterwards. So no, Brandon. We got it right now. Okay. Orlando has it. Brandon, the flipping fitness coach on TikTok. He's oh, amazing. Man. That's awesome. So I, I just wanted to make sure he he's a loyal flipping listener fitness. and follower. And yeah. It's all about does, flipping fitness. He does fitness and he does flipping, but a different kind of flipping. So go ahead. All right. So uh, purchased a set of chairs on an online auction. They were Tell City chairs. Uh, so Bolo, look out for Tell City chairs. You should look if you if you Google that, they're like three to four hundred dollars like a piece yeah, new. That's that's crazy. So Brandon uh, stated that most people are unaware of furniture at auctions. And that's really true. Uh, just in general, furniture is one of those things where, like anything else, you walk into a thrift store and you look in the clothing rack, 99 out of a hundred items are gonna be garbage, right? And so most people just think the clothes are not gonna be worth a lot of money. But if you know what you're looking for, there's a lot of money there. So unless you're willing to look and, and learn a niche like that, my wife is really big into uh, arts and craft era furniture and home decor. And so she can spot certain items and like, oh, that's a, you know, and she'll name the year and the maker of it. And it's a certain, so she knows certain things. So if you can learn about furniture, uh, there's people aren't always looking for them. So anyway, so he picks up these Tell City chairs. They cost $20 uh, and he sold for $370 plus shipping, stacked the chairs and used, uh, padded them with pool noodles. That's such a great idea. A uh, pool noodle, especially if you've got like a Dollar Tree or 99 cents or a Dollar General or whatever you have around you. A lot of times you can get pool noodles for a dollar and that makes some really good padding. You can cut them and kind of customize them, wrap them around items and it's really, really good. And that's a great thing to use for furniture like that so they don't scratch each other. So uh, that's a tip on top of a bolo, on top of a hustle. So Brandon, you are the man. Check out Tell City uh, Chairs and learn a new niche because you know people are slipping and sleeping. So it's interesting, real quick, before we go on. So if you go on TikTok, 
Like the box that he uses ship is massive. Like it's <laughs> you seen that? That's huge. And again, larger items so well, right? And and Brandon has done a great job of learning his craft in a niche, and he's he's doing well. So check him out. The Flipping Fitness Coach on TikTok. And by the way, appreciate all the TikTok listeners on our podcast and that follow us because, you know, sometimes we have some cringe that we drop. Or at least I drop all the cringe. Yeah. You drop the okay boomer cringe. It's all good, though. It's all good. You know, that's that that word isn't even trending anymore. Yeah. That's that, that's how you know you're a real boomer is if you're still using okay boomer ironically because it's funny and it's not even a like thing. Like Karen's anymore. still out there. Karen's still big. The Karen went, it's interesting because Karen came from TikTok and then it hit like, now it's on the news. Nice. Like every everybody's being called a Karen. Like I feel bad. Like all the poor people that were called Karen, those listeners that are called Karen. And guys don't have a name. Do guys have a name? There are names for for certain types of guys, right? Like someone's a Chad, right? Like, is that what yeah, it like is? kind of like a jerk, or you know, kind of a, a a stuck up rich white guy. You know, as a Chad. I mean, there's certain <laughs> ones like that. So there are definitely names, but um, so uh, yeah, that's cool. Okay, all right, all right yeah, there we okay. go. All right, what's your right, uh, what's your you. hustle? <laughs> what a weird thing. Well, I'm just. I'm just pointing out, you know, cultural things that are happening. All right. So my hustle of the week. So this is kind of a, uh, it's a kind of sad one because I had something that sat in my inventory for two years and I finally listed it. Now I listed it because of pandemic. So this is actually like the third or fourth post, both. I almost said both. This is like our third or fourth post on Instagram. So we have, 2,296 posts on Instagram. Holy smokes. That's a lot. Like, I've had people ask me, like, hey, Rolando, can you send us that one time you guys dropped that post about this? And I'm like, ah, yeah, no, because that's a that's a lot of posts to go yeah. through. You got to mine through a lot of stuff to get there. So anyways, I, I say that because this is actually, like, post number three or four. I'm, like, trying to get to it while I talk. So what ended up happening, I went to a garage sale. And at this garage sale, there was, like, all kinds of, like, vintage like 80s backpacks were like hiking so and you knew they're 80s because design like there's the bright colors and you know the way the letters were done the script writing and all that and i was kind of shocked because i'm like oh this is this is interesting like these backpacks some of these had new they were new with tags and so i said how much would you like for these backpacks and there's 10 of them and there, no maybe 10 8 to 10 8 to 10 i'm trying to find the post okay so it's not that old but it's like post number 199 or something okay so they're like oh we just want to get rid of them uh what about five bucks and i'm like how about two (laughs) they're like okay so they accepted my two dollars for 10 bags wow even if i sold them for a dollar right i could have quintupled my money is that is that a real word (laughs) maybe five times my money yeah there we go okay but there's quadruple, so right? Quintuple would have been the next one. Quintupled. Quintupled, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I put these in a Costco, you know, those Costco totes that are black and yellow, and it just sat there. Just sat there. Like I didn't want to list it. I'm not a fan of listing hiking backpacks because they're kind of awkward in the light box. Like mm. they have to fit just right. And so I kind of just put it away. So during the pandemic. Oh, we're still in the pandemic. During the beginning of the pandemic, when I was like, oh, no, what am I going to do for inventory? I was like, oh, wait, I got all these backpacks. So I listed all of them. So I remember I paid $2. So I got 
a message from somebody in Japan. And, you know, Japan likes uh, Japanese individuals like a lot of vintage stuff. And so he's like, hey, I want to buy your backpacks. Now, I had these listed for like 100 a piece. Remember, I only paid $2 for all of them. So there was one that was filled with holes that I had listed. No, this one, the one filled with holes I had listed for $64.99. I just like, yeah, or best offer. So he's like, hey, can we do, you know, so he sent me an offer on one that wasn't a holy. And he sent me an offer of 50 bucks. Well, it was, no, not 50 bucks. $35. Not 35. Sorry. Getting my math off. It's not that important. Okay. It is. It, it's that important. So no, it was 20. He sent me an offer of. $35. And I was like, oh, do I take it? Like this is listed for like a hundred bucks. But at the same time I had it for two years, you know, I listed it. No one really cares for it. I took it. And then he's like, how about for the, how about the other one? Can you, would you take 15? I'm like, oh no, what, what did I start here? And I'm like, no, I got to do 25. I gave you a good deal on the other one. Like, if we can meet me at 25, you got the deal and I'll ship them together and it'll save you money on shipping. But the problem was that on eBay global shipping, if people don't put the stuff in their cart and then pay, sometimes they can't do combined shipping. Mm. And it's weird because as those of you that follow us on Instagram, you saw over a week and a half ago, I had somebody buy five Harley shirts and they bought them all individually. And it showed up as I could do combined shipping on, on global shipping. Now, I'm not sure... Why for that case it didn't work? Because I've had this before happen. I had this another scenario with a, a few buckles about a week and a half ago. Yeah, a week and a half ago that they were like, hey, I wanted to combine shipping and I can't. So what I had to do is I went to my listing. I screenshot like two or three pictures for each buckle. And then I made a whole brand new listing out of those pictures. And I made sure to list every single item there and, you know, its condition. It worked out. So I had to do the. It was work, but it was worth it. So with this backpack, I did the same thing. So, by the way, if you're, this is just a tip. This is why I'm sharing this. That's why I think it's a hustle of the week because I was still able to make this sale. So I screenshot the backpacks. I combined it all into one listing. We canceled the original listing. I sent him the the link to the new one and he paid right away and $60 plus ship. So if you look at the ROI, that's two out of the 10 bags. It's pretty good, right? So that's why I consider it a hustle of the week. And plus one of them had all kinds of holes in it. And, you know, maybe there's a thriving market in Japan for Gregory jackets, but he was okay. And here's the thing. All my other hiking jackets, I mean, not jackets, hiking backpacks that I have, they're like $150 hiking backpacks. So that's why it's still a hustle of the week. Because if I sell the other ones, I'm looking at 1K profit. So now those are going to take a little bit. But I do feel that right now people are beginning to want to go hiking and want to go out. So this is kind of kind of a bolo. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, what about your hustle? Well, really quick before I get to my hustle, you kind of reminded me with the, and this is something we talk about all the time, $5. What about two, right? Being willing to negotiate oh, yeah, and, yeah. and ask questions like that. Um, it made me think, I, I when we read, it was either 10X or four-hour work week. I think it was 10X, but maybe it was four-hour work week. There was like a challenge in there to go out and and basically try and get no's. Ask yeah, for that was four-hour. Okay. So... And we kind of joked around about like doing like 100 no's a day or 10 no's a day or whatever it oh, was. You're going to call people every single day. Now, here's, here's, I thought of a way of doing it. And I, I think I'm going to try this once a week. And I, I'm, I really think I'm going to do this for multiple reasons. So on, the other day I was on OfferUp and I was 
looking at some items and I'm learning new niches. Not really, it's hard to say I'm learning a new niche because I'm just researching one item. It's not like I'm going deep in the niche, but I'm like, oh, I don't normally sell these. Let's see what these sell for. And so I see an item that's, you know, listed for 40 bucks and I see that they sell on eBay for like maybe $50. So there's really not enough profit there, obviously. And so it's really hard to, to knock somebody down when they're that high up. Maybe you can get them down to 30 or 20 if you're really lucky. And I was like, you know what? And I did this with multiple items. I'm just going to ask, is it available? And then just go really low. Five bucks. I can come get it right now. Right? And so many notes. But I remember the feeling I got before I did the first one. I'm like, I don't really care about this item. But if I could get this item for five bucks, that'd be sweet. If not, I don't really want it. And so you ask, but like before I send it, I'm like, man, I'm going to offend them. I shouldn't send this. But I'm thinking, who cares? I don't know this person. I don't really care that much about this item. If I don't ask, I still don't have it. And if I ask and they say no, I'm no worse off. And so I had anxiety even asking that low, even though I didn't really care about the item. It wasn't even face to face. And I started doing that and I was getting funny responses from people. Like a lot of times people are just like, thanks for looking. Or some people are like, you're crazy. And they kind of cuss you out. Or, and, and what it's doing, I'm realizing, is it's kind of developing like really thick skin for me. Like I'm getting to the point where I don't care. So, and I still care a lot right now. And, and negotiating is something I've improved a lot on. But I think I'm going to do like once a week. And I don't know what the number is. Maybe it's 50, maybe it's 100. But it's really easy to do on OfferUp or Facebook Marketplace or LetGo is just go really, really low. Because what we learned in our uh, rich, or not rich man, uh, rich dad, poor dad, one of the concepts he said is you never know if somebody's had something sitting around for a long time, just like those backpacks, they might say like, hey, we want, you know, $50 for this item but they've had it for months and they just want it gone and they almost would get rid of it for free and nobody's been asking about it. And if you say, I'll give you $5 and they're like, you know what? Yeah, just come get it. I don't want it anymore. So out of a hundred, just think if I do, if you get a hundred, if you're asking a hundred items, it's so fast to do on OfferUp. You can do this probably in a half hour. Just go through and just ask really low prices and don't be obnoxious. I'm not saying go and be a troll, but you know, find like what would, what would make it actually worthwhile for you to drive, get an item, what's profitable. And if you ask a hundred people, you're bound to maybe get one or two that are just like, I just want this thing out of my house. My wife doesn't want it in the house anymore. So you might actually end up getting some really good mm -hmm. deals and you're not losing anything and you're actually building up tougher skin so that you don't mind at a, at a garage sale. Like, cause I, if, if you're like me, if you're listening and you're like me, you're worried about offending somebody, you're worried about getting the no, you're afraid of that rejection. But if you just develop the skin where you're like, I get told no all the time. I ask ridiculously low prices and I don't get offended if they cuss me out and they think I'm being obnoxious you know, oh, well, I'll just move on to the next thing. Now, if you have a really good deal, like if, if, if there's an item that you can sell for $1,000 and they're asking for, you know, 250 and there's a lot of room for profit, I'm not saying go in and ask for five bucks. If, you, if it's already a good deal, maybe negotiate a little bit, but pick up the item. But if it's an item where they're already charging what you can make for it, why not basically ask if you can get it for next to nothing? Because you never know if you get a no, you're developing tougher skin. Maybe you can practice some negotiation tips, see if you can get them. And just like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, be willing to say something like, um, if they accept it and you decide, you know what, actually, I don't want to drive all the way. It's kind of a far drive. All right, I'll get back to you. Or, you know, I actually can't do it. You back out of it. It's not the end of the world, right? So you can develop a lot of skills, learn some new niches. It forces you to look up what is this actually worth? It's super valuable. And so I think that's something I'm going to start doing. And that just reminded me when you said, you know, yeah, they already said, but $5 or $10. And you said, what about two? Right. So it doesn't hurt to ask. So. If, if you're a person who's already a little bit nervous of negotiations, go on offer up. You can get a hundred no's in, in 30 minutes and maybe you get one or two yeses and that might be huge payoff for you. Yep.
I, I agree. I mean, it, it's one of those things that reselling, the longer I do it, the more I'm not scared to ask for a deal. Right. I mean, even, even right now, just I'm searching for possible storage slash office space. And I know that there are spaces that are empty that have been empty for a long time. We talked about this before the podcast. And I'm just going to throw out an outrageous number and see if somebody will take it. Yeah. I mean, worst, worst thing that'll happen is you're going to tell me no. And I mean, nothing's going to change. I'll still have my storage unit, but I, I kind of, I want to move up, but yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to pay too much more. So and see. usually you don't offend somebody so much. I mean, you might offend somebody to the point where they don't want to make a deal, but if you're like, I'm willing to pay $500 a month for this place and or a thousand dollars a month for this place, but I'm going to ask them for 250. And if they say absolutely not, you can still go back. All right. Well, let's do 500 or let's do a thousand. You can still go back up. Usually that if you get to the price they want, you're okay. It's not like they say no. And now you, you have to walk away forever. So uh, just, just learning that you don't have to be afraid of the no's is a good thing. So anyways, back to my bolo uh, or hustle. Oh, of the wait, week. we didn't even get there. Oh um, man. Okay. So, uh, sorry, really quick, my hustle of the week. And this is a weird one because this is something I bought, um, and I'm not going to be selling, but, uh, i so right now I'm so on my trip to the hustle of the week. Yeah. Well, okay. here's why. So, and it's not really like even a huge profit thing, but it's just like one of those mind shifts and I saved a little bit of money and time and it, it came, eBay came in, in clutch. So let, let me just put it that way. So I bought my trailer and the tires that I had on my trailer, I could tell they're not going to make it through this road trip. So I look up, Oh, Harbor freight, you know, in my area, Harbor freight sells these tires ridiculously cheap. They're like 60 bucks or whatever. So I can get $120 brand new tires. And so because I know I can do that, I'm putting off getting going and getting the tires. And I'm seeing, oh yeah, you can I see them online, you know, that's what they sell for. So I go to Harbor Freight like a few days before my trip and I say, "Do you guys have these tires?" And they're like, they kind of laughed at me and they said, "Yeah, no, uh we haven't had those tires in years and what? we'll probably never get it's them the in stock worst again." When that happens. They're like, "That's that we just I know they show them online, but we we just don't sell those anymore." And so I'm like, "Oh no, what do I do?" And nowhere in my area sells them. And if, if I were to go to like a tire shop and get them, I'm talking like $300, right? So I'm like, no, like I've just took for granted that I'm going to be able to go get these for super cheap. So I'm checking Amazon and there's they weren't going to get to me in time and they cost a ton of money and they were almost all sold out of any, like the only ones that had them in were, were charging a ton of money. And I was like, I wonder if I can get them on eBay, tires on eBay. Yep. And I got them like in two days paid less than I would have got them at Harbor Freight shipped to me. And I was able to go on the trip. Like this was like a make or break. Like if I didn't get these tires, I wasn't going on the trip. And so the fact that I was like, I'm going to check eBay. And sure enough, they had them and they had them at a cheaper price, even with taxes and shipping. I got them cheaper than I could have got them at Harbor Freight. And they came fast enough. It's like, who can ship? Nobody can ship in two days. Like I'm going to be stuck going and spending $400 for tires or $350 for tires when they should only be 120. And so that's why it's a hustle of the week is because I saved money. Even though I didn't really save money, that was what I was planning on paying anyways. But I was in panic mode and just remembering, you know what? eBay. So just a reminder out there, even for personal things, don't forget to check eBay. eBay is a great place to go. And a lot of times the shipping is faster than currently right now, a lot of places, including Amazon. So and that's why I keep saying, I think eBay is being underestimated. Yeah, I'm telling you, I, I think I know, we go back and forth. Actually, if you catch our update episode, we did get some insider information from an anonymous source about how eBay was trying to reach other demographics. Nice. So anyways, so tune into our op update episode from last week to catch that. All right. Well, that, that I, I think that's a hustle of the week still, though. Yeah. No, I love that. Now, I, I love that because 
I have found that like I'm going to I'm going to Amazon even now and it's like it'll be middle of August. I'm like can't do that. And they're still charging a premium. That's what I'm like. So yeah, eBay's definitely the place to get those deals. Comes in clutch. So, all right. Let's get back to our topic. So, here we go, right? Continuing to discuss staying positive so you can continue in profit. So, the very first thing is just reminisce. Just mm. remember <laughs> that things will get better. We can, we kind of talked about this already, but it does help you to understand like, hey, remember that one time when you thought things were really slow and you, you know, you just kept going and you kept listing and it all paid off like that that to me is is helpful it, i don't know if it, it makes me happy but at least makes me understand that like okay this is only temporary right it's only gonna be so long but that's all i need to say about that yeah no reminiscing is great here's a good point about reminiscing this works that as if, long as that's not what you're doing the entire time yeah you don't just stick, stick in reminiscing um this is oftentimes people will give this even as like marriage advice like Oh, yeah. It sounds a little cheesy, but but get, you know, a little box and whenever you have fun things or pictures or things that remind you of how great things are, put it in this box. And then when things get rough and it's you don't want to and things are getting really tough in a relationship, go look at the box and talk about the good times and it can help. And so have your eBay box. Yeah. And, and or even as a teacher, like I tell you, there are times where you go weeks and you're just getting parents are upset and students aren't learning and things are really rough. And then you get a letter from a student or a parent that's like, you changed my life. You really helped me. Thank you so much. Like I've learned so much. Oh, or you get a, a you get a parent point. that says something. Yes. And so it, a lot of times, a lot of people will get those kinds of things. Like, Man, that is so awesome. Maybe they put it on their wall for a few days and then it goes in the trash. Don't do that. Put it in a box. So when things get really tough and you're like, why am I doing this? It's the same thing with eBay. Like things can, or, or reselling in general, times are going to be tough. But just remember, hey been through this before what's the reason i'm doing it and it might be reminiscing the good time like just ebay sales going up but then remembering why am i doing this family remember that 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 vacation i was able to take because of reselling yeah reselling is really tough right now but it's done so much for me and that just change of mindset can get you through some really dark places such a great point i actually had a folder with all my students notes from over the years and yeah you're right when i had a rough day i just opened up that folder and i'd go through some of that stuff so yeah, that's great. I, I wonder where I put that folder though. I mean, I don't need it anymore, but I remember that folder got me through some tough times. Now, the easiest way you can have a folder, just document your process. This is why we talk about being on Instagram. We're not saying share everything that you do, but if you can some somehow find a way to document your journey. I know as Pierce a podcast, it's been nice for us to be able to go into like our Instagram story archives and a year ago and go, okay, how were things a year ago? Oh, this is, we we're going through the same thing or Hey, I mean, even on a practical side, this is when these clearance sales were happening or this is when this garage sale was happening. Like finding a way to document and archive what you've done will definitely help you out during those tough times. That's a great point. It wasn't even in the notes. All right. The other one is, hey, it's the same thing. Reflect, right? Stay positive by reflecting on like, is it something else that you're not doing? Is it in your policies? We talk about this all the time. Is it your pricing? Is it your shipping? Right? Is there something on Amazon? Here's you give an example. So I was kind of bummed earlier on in this pandemic because I bought this super high item with a low rank. And I'm like, oh man, these things are gonna fly. Yeah, crickets for like two days. Mm. And I bought a ton of them. Well, what I forgot was that the reason that Merchant Fulfilled works so well for me is that I turn on nationwide prime on mine. Now, some people may debate with me and say, hey, 
it's not good to have nationwide prime because what happens with nationwide prime is that you get sometimes a request for second day air. And yeah, Amazon will charge them a little bit more, but it eats into your profits. Like for instance, if you have something that you're making 30 something dollars net profit on, that might be all gone with the second day air. But it's okay for me because here's what happens. That nationwide prime gives me an advantage. So if I have 100 units and five of them are nationwide prime, it's okay, right? But I kept my place, right, as the the lowest price. I kept my place as the person with the best shipping. And so I keep selling and I keep selling and I keep selling. So if things are slow, if you're getting really negative, take a look at what you've done. Focus on that. Hey, how can I change this? How can I make this better? All right. Now, this is the the toughest one that isn't in the notes, but it should have been in the notes. Oh, no. So you got to be around positive people. Mm. You just got to. I, I'm telling you, in the reselling community, it is so... It, I think it's easier for... This is why I don't do this. It's easier for me to put a negative post. Man, anytime I put in like a pseudo negative like i don't mean it to go negative but it goes down bad like really i might put something like hey by the way for now i haven't posted it and i'm probably not going to but hey promoted listing to ends in july that's gonna get comments yeah now but the the flip side of this is there is a there is a fine line between being ridiculously unrealistically optimistic yeah and being real and being negative, right? So there's there's kind of that line that you're trying to walk there. And I think there's nothing wrong with being real and calling out when there's problems. But I think there's a way of doing it where you're just not like, hey, this is a bashing party and we're just going to go crazy negative. But in the reselling community, I've never seen a community that can do that so well. Uh, I don't know. I think you're maybe giving too... I don't I say too much credit. Let, let us know in the comments. Let's, I, I'm interested because I've been in this but for really a while. But really though, like, okay... Um, if, oh, you're, yeah. if you're on Instagram or Twitter for like a religious community or political stuff, like it all, it's all the same thing. Okay. All right. All right. I get that. I get that. But I just, I, the comments that always like, I'm like, where are people coming from? It's like, I am done with eBay. I'm shutting down. I'm going to just stick to Craigslist. I'm like, what? Like, what, what are you saying? Like, if you're around people that are like, Hey, that's a great idea. And, and give you a pat on the back with emojis, whatever, like. No, like you don't need to be around those people because they are letting you, number one, feed into that negativity. They are building that negativity. And then you're going down the wrong path. And instead of saying, hey, whoa, 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 take a look at the bigger picture, right? Reminisce. Remember how good it's been, right? Yeah, fees might have gone up. Yes, maybe, you know, you have to pay insertion fees again. Yes, maybe Amazon started charging you know, warehouse storage fees again. Yes, maybe Amazon gated you in something, right? It's really easy. I mean, if you go on Amazon, there's this that little side tab where it's like the Amazon seller forum. Oh my goodness. Like people are just mean. Well, and I think a part of it is, and the reason I think this is every community, it's not just the reselling community, is in general, there there are a few things that are true. There's a lot of things true about humankind in general, but but a few things specifically related to this. People do not like to see other people be successful when they're not. Just as a rule, and, and I'm not saying everybody's like that, but I as a rule, that. most people are. If you see, maybe it's maybe it's fitness, maybe it's diet, maybe it's wealth, maybe it's, and if you see someone going down a path and you know maybe that's a path you should be going down, but you're not, 
a lot of times people want to fight against it, right? Like, hey, you know what? I'm not going to... Your friend's like, hey, let's go to the bar and get some beer. And you're like, you know what? I've, I've kind of cut out beer. I don't want to gain the weight. I don't want to... Whatever it is. And people are like, oh, really? That's so lame. And and maybe they know they should be doing the same thing, but it's really easy to kind of make themselves feel better by like pointing out that you're doing something right and and kind of shaming you for it. So there's that happens a lot, I think, in every community. And so it's it's a lot easier to pull somebody down to your level and feel good about yourself than to see somebody succeeding and say, you know what, maybe I need to self-reflect and and change and do some things myself. And so misery loves company. And so when you see other people upset, it, it's easy to spread. It's easy. And I'm not saying, um, you know, what we were talking about earlier, don't be around people who are going to give you poor advice and not give you real wisdom. Maybe you're coming with a financial issue or a business issue. Don't just find somebody who's going to be a yes man. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Like, th- stay positive because maybe the advice needs to be, hey, yeah, maybe you should look and change. But don't be around people who are trying to drag you down. It's it's a lot harder to pull somebody up than it is to drag somebody down. So it's it you want to be around people who are doing better than you and can pull you up because otherwise people will pull you down. And it, it's just fact of life. Like even in your own family, a lot of people experience this. If you start to do really well, everybody around you that's not doing the same thing you are will start to try and pull you back down to where they are, right? And so you got to be careful of that and, and surround yourself with people who are going to pull you up or that are going to encourage you as you're taking the hard steps, the internal fortitude, the discipline, whatever it is to make good things happen in your life or to stay positive when things are really rough. And it's really easy for people to come along and try and pull you back down. And yeah, so don't associate with those people as much as you can help it. Yeah. And on the social media side, you need to be careful that you are following and looking to people that are going to challenge you, not make you feel like you're less, right? That That's huge because social media, it's all about the comparison game. I mean, all the time. I mean, in our own community, this is why people throw up numbers all the time, right? I mean, I, I throw up stuff. Hey, this sold for this. I hope it doesn't come out braggadocious. Like, look at me. I'm just saying, hey, this is what's possible, right? These are some items to look out for. But there are elements in the community that it's like, hey, I am so good, right? And so you begin to follow those people and you begin to go like, I'm never going to be like that. If that that happens to you, just don't follow. Unfollow those people. Follow people that will challenge you. Follow people that you can learn. Follow people that are constantly positive, right? And I, I strongly encourage you to stay away from the drama. Like Mike and I, hopefully we stay drama free for a long time. I'm sure that we will have our moment. <laughs> but what what I'm saying is like no drama for your mama. That's no. that's our that's our our goal. Sound like Michael Scott right there for a moment. So, but it's true. Like, listen, we're all about leveling up. We're all about helping each other. Let's stay positive in this community and continue that positivity by being around individuals that are positive, not those that are negative and always looking through an Eeyore, right, mindset of reselling. Yeah. So, hey, hopefully this episode was helpful to you. Maybe we're still going to be in this euphoria where everything is incredible and things are great, but make sure to keep it real because it may not always be like that. So with that being said, hey, make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Please. Please.